Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Stephen Zantz, joined by my co-host, Stephen Russo. Got a recurring guest, very, very special guest, DJ Biennemi of the New York Daily News, covers the Jets in his first season on the beat. We had him on during camp, but um, we're super excited to have him on, even though it's a downtime for us Jets fans and everyone who has to associate themselves with this team. Uh, Stephen, DJ, how are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know, just kind of got back from being out. By the Jets facility. Took me a little minute to get back, but I'm chilling now. What about you, Steven? I'm doing okay. Uh, as we were talking right before we went live here, DJ, I was, I was like I said, I was really hoping to uh, have you on and have the Jets be three and three or four and two or something, man. We could uh, talk some positives here. Um, but unfortunately, we're following up a deflating loss, and that's probably to right. say the least. So <laughs> I think at the start of the season, nobody said that the Jets roster was rich with talent. Um, I think any Jets fan just wanted them to be competitive, even in losses. I mean, as you take a look at this, an honest, objective look at this, is the Jets roster really 40 points worse than the Patriots roster? I mean, where does the reality lie here when you look uh, kind of at the, the first six games here? I think I think last I think last week was a 40, but it was like 20, 30 because of no CJ Mosley, no Jerry Davis, um, no Zach Wilson for most of the second half, actually second quarter on. So I think I think I think you know that was it was kind of budding that way, uh, because I mean again like the way the Patriots want to attack you they want to find your weakest links and as Robert Sala said they like to pick on certain players that have that have to stress the run pass conflict which is why they would hit you a lot of play action and without CJ Mosley you know you just had like there's nobody to really galvanize everybody have everybody on the same page um obviously yeah you got Marcus but he's more he's, he's basically a deep safety sometimes he's in the box but um you know you it's easy for you to pick on Quincy Williams pick on Sherwood pick on Cashman like because I mean those, those guys I mean Quincy's flashed a little bit but like he's a home run hitter so you, you can pick on him Sherwood is still learning how to play you know play in the NFL so they were just able to really pick on that. And I think, you know, once Zach got hurt, it kind of took a lot of the air out of the team. And um, I obviously I don't think they're 40 points better, but um, you know, the scoreboard was what the scoreboard said. So <laughs> yeah. So I mean, when you look back at, you know, the Jets had okay, we'll we'll say they had okay games against Carolina and Denver. Or I'm sorry, Carolina and Atlanta, right? We'll call them mm-hmm. meh. They had bad game against bad games against obviously you know New England, Denver, and then New England again, and they had a good game against Tennessee. So 
what kind of, where does the team lie? Where does the reality lie here? Like what, you know, what can we expect from here on out? Um, Here on out, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's with Zach Wilson being out, like, I, I don't, it's going to be hard for him to be competitive with Mike White. Mike White's not that good, which is why it's kind of perplexing that they, they traded for Joe Flacco, but he's not going to start this week. And he's probably like, I'm just being honest, gut, you know, some, he's probably not going to start next week because, they're going to practice Friday, off Saturday, uh, Saturday uh, game Sunday. They're going to have walkthrough on Monday. They're going to practice Tuesday, then they travel on Wednesday for uh, the game on Thursday. So, like, there's a chance that even with Joe Flacco being here, if you're not going to start him this week, probably not going to start him next week because like, you still want to get him up to speed. And if you don't put Zach on the IR, then that means he'll probably be back by Buffalo. So, you know – it's kind of perplexing that they traded for him if they're not going to start him. And, I mean, the fact that they traded for him and they say that they knew he was not going to show up till Friday. Yeah, what's going on here? But um, they just played two really tough teams coming up. I think it was Zach. It would have been tough. to. It would have been hard to be competitive. But with Mike White, it's going to be even harder. I think what Jeff fans have to pay attention to and look for is, um, like, how well does the defense play? If they, yep. if they can keep them in the games long enough to where it, it can still look competitive, like how it did against, you know, week two against the Patriots, where, like, yeah, Zach threw four interceptions, but, like, for the most part, it still felt like a game. It was, like, all right, can the offense get one touchdown to, you know, keep the game within reach? Um, Something similar to against, like, Carolinas, you know, where it was, like, all right, yeah, we're down, you guys are down 16-0, but can, you know, the offense score once to, you know, make it a game? Um, So I think, you know, what they got to look forward to is, how well can the defense play? They're going to have C.J. Mosey back. They're going to have Jerry Davis back. Obviously, Marcus May is going to be – obviously, you know, he came back last game, but he's healthier now. Um, you know, you're, you're, this is basically the best starting unit that you'll have defensively all year unless, you know, maybe Bryce Huff doesn't play because, I mean, he's dealing with, I think, a back. But, I mean, I think Shaq Lawson can step in and provide the same that Bryce Huff was providing. Um, so, I think to look forward just – uh, how the defense performs. Offense is going to be a struggle. It is what it is. The Bengals have a top 10. Well, I, I think it goes far as say top, yeah, top 10 scoring defense and holding teams are under 20. So just to see how well the defense can play in these next two games against the Bengals and the Colts. Yeah, no, that's all great points. Um, I mean, we really don't want to harp on the loss. I feel like ever, anyone who watched it, whether you were a fan or like you who covers the team, you know, it, you, you get what it was. They just were really out of the game at 1.30. I remember looking at the clock, and I'm like, right. yeah, this game's over. It was 14 nothing. I'm like, I just don't see it because – and it wasn't right. even like Zach was struggling per se. I just felt like they just didn't have the juicy energy. So what I wanted to know was – and a little bit of a reaction question, but I'm curious because you're around the staff and the team a lot. Like, are you getting the sense that maybe, like, you know, the staff's in over their head? I mean, Joe, our, our savior over here, our leader, Caparosa, was at the game. And he was like right by the bench. And he said yeah. throughout the game, there was no energy. It was just kind of dead. And it was something that kind of made him a little concerned because he's been very pro this staff, Salah, you know, all that stuff. So I'm curious because you obviously have a closer eye than anybody else because you're around the team pretty much multiple times a week. So what do you think about that? I don't think they, I don't think they're in over their head. Um, because I mean, outside again, outside of, this is the last game and the Denver game, but they've all been competitive. Um, and it just come down to like either getting onside or getting a stop on third down against the Falcons on 30 to 13. So they've been competitive. 
Um, I just think I got you know, everybody's due for a stinker, you know. Like the Ravens lost 41 17 last week. The Chargers lost, got blown out by the Ravens. Uh, I mean, it just it just happened, you know. I mean, I think the the Rams kind of you know took it to the took it to the Bucks. Like every team is gonna have one week where they kind of get punched in the mouth and you know, you just gotta pack your bags, go home and re recalibrate for the most part. I don't think uh the staff in over the head. Um, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach. I do think that they're learning on the fly. Yeah. Um, and they just, you know, they're just dealing with some adversity right now. I mean, the roster isn't loaded with an abundance of talent. Um, a lot of, there's talent, but it's young. So, like, there's certain spots. Like, I saw of Marcus May and CJ Mosley and the D-line. Like, every other spot, like, there's talent there, but it's young. It has to be developed. You know what I'm saying? So, like, with his quarterback, Receiver, O line, you know, left side of O line. Um, so I think you know it, it's just it's just a process. You would you would hope that they didn't you know get wouldn't get blown out like that coming off a bye, but the Patriots uh they were just clicking. You know they were they took advantage. Of, yeah, they just took advantage of the fact just... that <laughs> CJ Mosley and Jerry Davis weren't playing, and they were able to really <clears throat> pick on the linebacker group because it was a lot of short passes. That just turn into a big game, you know, screen passes, um, check downs to running backs in the flat, and then, you know, running back getting like 20 yards, you know, or swing to John o. Smith for a 25 yard game. Like it was just, you know, they were able to really execute that. It was just oil machine. So <laughs> they were doing everything that we want Zach to do that we, this mm-hmm. offense is not done the short, intermediate throws, the quick screens. Right. And the Jets right. can't have been able to stop a screen or execute a screen. And like that, it's been it's been long. It's been tough for us. But um, kind of going off that, like I watched all this presser. I know you were there. I heard some of your good questions. He just looked really defeated today. And I know he had said some weird things with like having right. like, an extra quarterback on the roster. Right, right. Just, you could tell like, it's getting to him a little bit. The losing, it's it's harder than he's realized. Like, right. are, you, are you a little concerned about how he was carrying himself? Like, I know, like, on Sunday, he's going to be a little tough, raw because it just had happened. But, like, I felt like it was good that he was, like, kind of cursing and he was just saying, like, you know, these are professionals. Yeah. I don't need to motivate them. They need to motivate right. themselves. But I was just, like, I was a little disappointed. He just had, like, very, like, a very blah demeanor. And I just didn't think he handled the handled the press well today. Um, I'm not really concerned, though. I mean, you know, he's human. Then they, they, you know, yeah, no, we, all, we all have, yeah, you know, like, I don't know, man. Maybe he woke up on the wrong side of the bed for the most part. You know, like we we don't know like how somebody, you know, what their morning looked like, and then they had to carry that energy into the breast column. So I'll give him a pass for that, especially when it's a one off. This this is not like Adam Gates, you know what I'm saying? Where like he's always off or weird or whatever. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Robert Sala for the most part has been consistent and uh when it comes to like his energy, his optimism, things of that nature. I mean, you know, um, I don't think, I mean, I don't think he was that off, but yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from, but uh, I don't really think, um, I think I'll give him a pass for today and, you know, most likely this week in, in that aspect. Uh, so I'm not really too worried. All right. You make me right. a little better. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're, you're leveling us out here, DJ. So we, we appreciate it. <laughs> no um, so, so listen, man, one more question on the coaching staff here. So, you know, last week on our show, we were, we were saying that this, this game, coming off a of bye week and the Jets have been historically bad coming off bye weeks for the last 10, 12 years uh, was going to tell us a lot about this coaching staff. And unfortunately it, it, it didn't really tell us what we wanted it to. Um, but right. looking specifically at LaFleur and I think any, 
any reasonable Jets fan wouldn't make their mind up about a, a coaching staff or, a, you know, a, a, or a coaching staff after six games. You've been pretty active on Twitter saying that clearly Mike LaFleur is kind of public enemy number one against Jets fans. So in your opinion, right. you know, is it warranted or, you know, do we really need, do we as a fan base just need to give LaFleur time? And is he kind of being maybe dealt not the fairest hand, especially considering the offensive line struggles and stuff like that? Um, so I think, yeah, we got to give him a little more time to develop. I mean, he is also a rookie offensive coordinator too. I'm um, just like, he is, you know, he's dealing, he's dealing with a rookie quarterback. He's dealing with, I give him like, you know, B to B plus talent at receiver. He's dealing with F talent at tight end. He's dealing with a C to C plus offensive line. Um, so I think, uh, I do think some of the criticism has been fair. I think the people that want him fired or think in over his head is eh. because every time I watch the all 22, I see the plan. I see the vision. I see the game plan. It just, sometimes it comes down to execution. And he said that does fall back on him. Cause you know, I think that he's just taking the bullets, but like that four from one play where they're, you know, running up the middles with Ty Johnson and Connor McGovernor gets beat across his face from a, a DN that was in a, you know, wide technique. You know, like that's not on the floor. That's on, you know, the offensive line. You know, it's on GBR. You feel me? Um, and then, like, on this, the first play of the game, you run, you know, yeah, you hand it off. You know, people wanted something different, but you hand it off. GBR gets crushed. Then play two, um, you know, you go stretch left and you have, what's his name? You have Elijah Ray Tucker who stays on his block just a second too long that allows Bentley to scream through the B-gap and get a uh, Michael Carter who was able to make a few moves and then, boom, uh, make it into a three-yard game, which makes it like third and six. And then the Patriots, they just they just kind of beat LaFleur to the punch um, where, like, they ran like a stack con- – they had, had a receiver stack at the, uh, I think to the field side, and then you had Keenan Cole to the boundary. He runs like an over. Corey runs a spot, but really it's like a pick play to have uh, Jameson Crowder run a wheel. But, like, the DB, I think that was – kind of hovering that area over Crowder. He he blitzes, and but they kind of knew that a wheel was coming based off of the, the, the alignment, and they had Devin McCourty basically sitting over the top of the wheel route, and you had, you know, Crowder on – not Crowder. You had um Cole coming over on a crosser slash slant-ish, whatever he ran. I mean, it was it was something. He was open, but with that guy blitzing, um, they could have blocked that up if, you know, Ty Johnson stayed in the block, but he went out for a route. You know, so that's just miscommunication, and it's like – yeah, like, could before I've called something different? Sure. But sometimes, you know, you need your players to, to bail you out and do their job. We always tell Bill Belichick, always say, do your job, do your job, do your job. And there's just instances when they don't. You feel me? So are there times where Michael Ford is a, makes a bonehead decision? Yeah, like, game two, you get down into the red zone, you're on the three-yard line, and you, you hand the ball off, like, two – you know, three times in a row. You feel me? Like, you you know, like, drove me nuts. it's like, yeah, you know, especially on third down. I'm when so you, pissed. <laughs> when you're, when you're out, you were outnumbered in the box. They had nine people in the box. You had, yeah, you had, you had outnumbered in the box. Even if you blocked everybody up, you still were going to have somebody unblocked. Um, You know, so, so this place where I could pinpoint, okay, okay, um, LaFleur, you messed up here, but then like, all right, before I see what you're trying to do, this person messed up here. So they got to all get on the same page. You know what I'm saying? That's why 
I don't like to criticize before in-game unless it's, like, apparent. Because when you see the All-22, then you can see what the plan, the idea is. Versus when you're watching on a broadcast, broadcast, all you see is down, say, hey, you see the ball. You see Zach or Mike White now holding the ball, and then you see the ball being thrown. You don't see what's happening behind. You don't see what the coverage is. You don't even see the alignment on the defensive line because all you see is just four bodies, maybe five, but you don't see how they're lined up. You don't see where the linebackers are on the field. You just see, you know, just dots, basically, you know, just just humans on the screen. So you don't really yeah. know, like, what's happening, um, you know. So, I mean, like, perfect example, like, when it comes to the broadcast view, I'm watching the the, the Ravens the Ravens game and the Bengals game, you know, red zone. And there's one play where I think it might have been mixing where, like, you they run a stretch left. And then, like, from the broadcast view, it looked like the, the Ravens had everybody you needed to blow up the play. But there was a giant hole, and then when he hit that, when he when he cut up field, he was able to break for a touchdown, which kind of you know broke that game open. And and that's just things that you can't really see on the broadcast view. So like that's why I'm I'm very hesitant to criticize before in game because it's like I got to yeah. see what's really <clears throat> happening. Because it bro, well, I mean it's happening fast up in the press box. It is happening fast. Like you got to pick. Okay, am I gonna look at the, the, the secondary, or am I gonna look at the D line? Or am I going to look at Zach? Or am I going to look at their – like, there's so much. that You got to really pick, okay, what do I want to look at on this play? Because there's so much happening. You, you only, I only have two I only have two eyes, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't worry, I, I know. Get it. That was good, though. No, that was good. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely was. And I think, you know, I think we've all had a problem uh, here and there with some situational play calling from Michael Floor. But course, I do know – the, you know, the tape can tell a different story. I know one of the big uh, ones that actually Will Parkinson brought up on our show last week was that uh, that Atlanta game. They had like a second and two and they threw that ball back across the field to James Crowder, three guys out the block and they let one guy slip through and that play gets blown up. Everybody's probably cussing Michael Floor out. But in reality, when you right. watch that, they, they set that block and that's actually a great play call. So there's a lot to be told there that, you know, to your point, DJ, that you, you don't really see when you're watching the game live, but um, you know, I want to switch gears to Zach Wilson. I know you touched on it. So the, kind of a two-part question. So how important are these next couple of days for what we see this timetable being for his return? And second part of the question is, do you see this injury maybe being kind of a blessing in disguise where he can take a step back and return stronger, maybe similar to what we saw with Sam Darnold in that 20 error. Yeah. And his uh, in his 2018 rookie season. Yeah. Um, so the first part, uh, before <laughs> Sala said that, um, you know, they just want to see what his knee looked like by the end of the week to see how he's recovered. Um, just to see, um, you know, just range of motion just to see when he could possibly come back, which is why they haven't put him on the IR yet. So we'll, we'll know pretty soon if he's going to be on the IR or not. Um, I mean, I don't know if he will, but we'll see by the end of the weekend. We'll see by the end of the weekend. I, I think that'll mm-hmm. kind of answer all that. They just want to see, like, what his range of motion is. So to the blessing, the sky's part, yeah, absolutely. The game's moving fast for him. Like, like it's, yeah. it's you know, it, uh, it's just moving fast for him at times. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, like, there's just times where, like, he'll just hold it a split second too long because that's something you can get away with at BYU, but you just can't get away with that in the NFL. Um, cause even the play where he got hurt. Yes. Like before you're tripping, like, why do you have Ryan Griffin one-on-one with Mike, Mike, uh, Matthew even though when he explained it, it makes sense. But again, you got to prepare for what if Matthew Udon blitzes, you have him one-on-one with Ryan Griffin. But if Zach wasn't getting the ball, just a tad, touch a bit earlier, then okay. 
now Matthew Don isn't able to get to him. And to be honest, Zach didn't even need to throw that ball deep, even though, yeah, we, you know, they got down the two-yard line. Corey Davis was wide open on the crossing. Cause like, you know, the line, the two linebackers, they sunk in, they, they, they sunk in on the, uh, on the uh, play action. Yeah. Corey Davis wide open uh, on the crosser yeah. down the sideline. So, I mean, you know, you throw in anticipation, you don't have to worry about Matthew Udon, you know, Judon um, getting you, but that's just an example. Like another example against Carolina, uh, against the Falcons, the, the shot played to Elijah Moore that got you down the two yard line. We throw that a little bit earlier as a touchdown, but um, he waited just a little bit long, you know, just a t- touch a bit longer. And, yeah, you got the you got the PI, but again, that could have been that's an example of yo if you get the ball just just a half a second early or even a second earlier, I could be a touchdown, you know. So it's just it's just little plays like that that you know Zach could if he sits back, he could just see the speed of the game, you know, just go back into the film study, um, pick ja, uh, Mike Mike White's brain a little bit, or give you know tell Mike White what he's seen and being able to um, be almost like a you know, big brother in that aspect. We're like, yo, this is what I'm seeing. You know, they can have that dialogue. And the same with, I mean, Flacco's going to be, he could pick Flacco's brain. He obviously, he's been picking Josh Johnson's brain. So those things he'll be able to do um, on, you know, on the silence. So, you know, it, it can be a blessing in disguise. You just have to capitalize on it. Yeah. And one thing I'll say is, I mean, kind of is a mix of you talking about how Zach's been holding on the ball too long. And, you know, that's been his, pro- his biggest problem with this processing the thing I noticed, and I'm not sitting here going to like, you know, praise Mike Wade. He was like the greatest quarterback in the world. What I noticed was he was executing the offense. He was getting the ball out fast and doing what he was supposed to do. And right. they were able to move the ball. And he was a guy who never took a snap before. So my point is, it seems like if Zach corrects those mistakes when he comes back from injury, he's going to be more successful because we know he's much more talented. He just of needs course. to win more from the pocket and stop playing like, you know, Oh, I got to roll out and I got to do this. No, you got to right. win from the pocket. And that it, it was apparent because, like, obviously, LaFleur was ha- hampered by having a guy who's never taken a snap before, but he was doing all the right things. Like, his arm is like Chad Pennington level. I was like, I didn't, I thought he had a better arm than that. I'm like, this guy can't even right. really throw the ball out. I mean, is that I'm kind of surprised in the NFL? He was like lobbing the ball up, and I'm like surprised he didn't have more interceptions. But when he hit, he made some good plays. I mean, he wasn't great, but like for someone who never played before. I thought I was expecting like the Luke Falk experience in 2019 where they literally come out. You might get it. Oh, you might get it this week. You might get it this week. Oh, <laughs> Please don't. Don't, yeah, don't, don't right. wish that on us, man. You got to cover this team, man. You, gonna, at least you're going to need to watch this. Mind me. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. <laughs> DJ, is he going to have a quick hook in your eyes for Josh Johnson this week? Nah. No. Nah. He's getting the whole game. Be, yeah. I, 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 think, I think he's getting the whole game. Unless they're down like forty to three in the fourth quarter, they'll take him out just because. But he's got the whole game. Um, yeah. But we'll transition a little bit away. Something more interesting than just Mike White. So obviously the deadline is a week, actually less than a week away. Obviously everyone keeps talking about Marcus May. People talk about Crowder. Like, do you think that either of those guys could be moved? And if so, who do you think? And if not those guys, do you have anyone in mind that maybe they might sell off or even acquire? Yeah, I think those two for sure. Get, you know, they'll they'll for sure look into trading those two or, you know, people call me from, uh, Robert Sala say he's not trying to have a fire cell, which is, you know, I heard that. we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I, yeah, I think those two could possibly get moved. I think, um, I think Marcus may will probably be here. Um, if I had to pick, I think Crowder would probably be here, but there's a chance that they, those two could still get moved, but, um, Hmm. I mean, to be honest, yeah. I mean, I think they could do what I think if I had to pick which one 
If I had to pick which one would hurt less if they moved, I think it would be uh, Crowder. Not that Crowder isn't a good player. Crowder's a pretty good player. It's just that they have they have other players that they could put there versus at safety. You know, I don't know who else they could put out there. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> they just dropped Colbert, so yeah, you're right. <laughs> exactly. You know, no, I think I, I think they yeah uh, they got to keep Marcus. I, I I like the idea of keeping Crowder because I think he's a good security blanket for Mike White and then Zach when he comes back. But I also understand the business move to get rid of him. Number one, a team like Kansas City could use him in the worst way. They need a third option in their passing. All they have is Tyreek Hill yep. and Travis Kelsey are consistent. And he's the kind of guy that Mahomes would love to have as a security blanket when those two are covered. And my yep. thinking is, is like you said, they want to try to get maybe Elijah more to his natural position in the slot versus lining him up on the outside exclusively. But I think that would be the like the justification. Plus, he's probably not going to be here next year as much as mm-hmm. he's a solid player. I mean, like he's definitely a, right. a contender wants him, like a team that needs some receiving help. Also, the Saints could be a team that could also use him in the worst way because they have no mm-hmm. receivers right now. Not I think Michael zero. Thomas is about yeah, Michael Thomas is about to come back though. I think I think he might be back this yep. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a chance for that. There's a chance for that. Yeah. So, so do up. you think do you think though that the you know <clears throat> There's a belief out there that the wide receiver room is kind of crowded right now. So, I mean, I, I share Steven's belief here that, especially with Zach Wilk, (laughs) 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 that, uh, you know, you keep as many, as many talented guys around your young quarterback here, but I mean, Mm -hmm. is there, you know, and I know, I I believe that Salah and Joe Douglas are in lockstep here, but if Douglas moves Crowder, does that kind of force his hand a little bit now to say, okay, you're going to play your top three guys in, in, in Corey Davis, Mims, and Elijah Moore, and that kind of makes it easier to get those young guys that are a future of this team, uh, you know, targets? Um, I don't think enough. If anything, I think that would just put Keenan Cole on the field more. Really? To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at the snap count, Keenan Cole is getting way more snaps than – I think Keenan Cole might have had more snaps than uh, – Elijah Moore, I believe, uh, this past week. I mean, Keenan Cole gets plenty of snaps. So I think that was just – I think with the Denzel Mims situation, I think um, – I mean, it, it's it's a very odd situation, but, it, you know, it's kind of the situation that we're just in at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't – I mean, I feel that Elijah Moore can play on the outside. I mean, he hasn't – you know, I mean, he hasn't – to be honest, he hasn't really shown much from, from the slot or the outside. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, Keenan Cole had 32 snaps. Elijah had 37. Denzel had 19. Braxton had 17. Corey, uh, Jameson had 49. Corey had 43. So, yeah, I think I think that just put Keenan Cole in the field more. Yep, I think that just put Keenan Cole in. And, yeah, Denzel mm-hmm. will get more reps. But I think that just put – that would just solidify Keenan Cole getting more reps. You got to remember, he's making $5 million a year so this year. So, um. You know, it's a business at the end of the day, so I don't think Joe Douglas would want $5 million just sitting on the sideline, which is, you know, that, that that's the only trepidation with adding more talent at the receiver in that aspect because, you know, it's only one ball. <laughs> it's not yeah. like you're adding, like, a whole bunch of defensive backs. Like, we had a whole bunch of elite, talented defensive backs, then, you know, that's, that's only making the whole entire defense better, you know, versus when you add a bunch of receivers, which is fine. You still have to worry about rotating them in and getting them the amount of snaps that they need. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so I think if you get rid of Crowder, yeah, you can put Elijah Moore in the slot. But I think there'll be instances where you have Elijah Moore in the slot and still on the outside, 
Uh, you know, they'll just rotate. Sometimes they'll put Keenan in the slide or sometimes they'll put Corey on the slide. I mean, I think they'll just get creative in, in that aspect. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, put much more in the slot and you'll be able to get then some more reps on the outside. So, <clears throat> yeah. It's funny with Mims because he's literally going through the same thing as Brandi Yuga's in San Francisco. It's like very talented, yeah. big body player, but for some reason mm-hmm. they're just not getting on the field. But Ayuk actually showed a lot more as a rookie, and people thought he could be like a breakout guy this year. So it's kind of funny, like those two have kind of been like I drafted them in my fantasy, you know, and I didn't drop them. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people have been disappointed, but uh, we do have a question from one of the viewers, uh, Damian Doyley. He's curious for you, DJ. So what personnel did the Jets run in the preseason game against the Packers? Because obviously he wants to see that again. And his second question is, do you think that Yubo will be active on Sunday? Because obviously they've had so many issues at tight end and there's no sign that Cross is actually going to be back this week. Um, what personnel they were running? The personnel <laughs> that they were running in the preseason was uh, called the personnel against the second team of 13 defenses. That's why it looked better. <laughs> um, Yuboa. I get a lot of questions about him. I mean, he didn't really show much in training camp, to be honest. I mean, I mean, he's probably he's probably gotten better, but if he's not active, I, I think this should be the note. If he's not active and we see how bad a tight end spot is, then it's like how you know, how much little how little is he showing in practice? I mean, I think I think that's, I think that's what it comes down to. Um I mean he I mean he has some talent. It's not that he doesn't have talent, but I think the tight end spot is what it is at this point. I don't. I don't think there's any answer unless you try to try to trade for somebody like a Jordan Howard or some OJ Howard or something like that, um, or Melvin Ingram, not Melvin Ingram, Evan Ingram. Um, get all my names <laughs> mixed up. <laughs> but yeah, I think you know those. Those are your best. Those are your best chances. I don't think Kenny fixes anything, like at all. Um, so. Oh, uh, this I don't, Kenny. I mean, we'll, we'll, what he <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he'll be active. I mean, he wasn't active last week when Croft was out. Oh, but West Coast is dealing with a knee injury. So he might be. He might be. He might be active. Yeah, he's dealing with a knee injury. So he might be active. Jets have had a tight end problem since Dustin Keller left. And I know Dustin was over the Dolphins for literally that one preseason. And then then someone blew out his knee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry about that. No, actually, Safarian Jenkins was good for one year, but it was like one year wonder. But I'm talking yeah. about in terms of consistency. Dustin Geller was really talented. He just was always hurt. That was the problem. Right. He was a good player, though. Um, yep. So one one player I think who's actually been impressive, actually both Michael Carter's been impressive, but I'm talking specifically about Michael Carter, the running back. Do you think because Coleman was out and he took the opportunity to kind of really be the lead guy, do you think that he's distinguished himself as a lead back or you still think they're going to go committee, especially when Coleman comes back? Because personally, I think that – they should only use Coleman and Ty Johnson. I know – I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Carter and Ty Johnson. I know Coleman's the best right. pass protector, which is why he's had a role in the team. But I just think that you got to go with the most talented guys, and Carter always makes some good plays. I know he hasn't – they haven't had 100 yards of rushing yet, at least from one guy individually, but I really like him. I think he's got juice. I think he's good at catching the ball in the backfield. I've been impressed with him, even though this team is absolutely atrocious. He's been solid. I'm, I mean, he's been solid. I think – yeah, he's been, he's been solid. I mean, I think the old line has been more of the issue why he hasn't had the numbers that he's that he could have had. But I do think that they'll probably have to address the running back situation next year. I mean, cause you know that you know that they're like they're not like the receiver spot. If they want to add a guy, that'd be fine, right? 
but the running back spot, they can't be like, oh, we're good. You know what I'm saying? Like, they would have to, like, okay, we, we, we might have to still add. Like, that's a position that we got to look at because, you know, like, they're, like they're, they're serviceable, but, like, do you want serviceable or do you want, like, you know, uh, dynamic playmakers? You know what I'm saying? Like, granted, they haven't had the opportunities to, to do that, especially behind this offensive line at times. But, um, I mean, you know, Ty Johnson's been fine. Uh, Mark Hart has been fine. Tim Coleman obviously has also been fine. But I think that should come more down to the, the offensive line, which is why they haven't been able to have more production. But I think they'll still be committee regardless, to be honest. I think okay. they'll still be a committee. Because yeah. um, I know guy, like, which guy has dis- substantially distinguished themselves to where it's like, oh, he should be the lead back in that aspect. Like, yeah, you could say Michael Carter, but, like, can you really say that? The Jets are still at the bottom of the NFL in rushing yards per game. So can you really say, yeah, Michael Carter, if you're saying that, you're just saying that because he's a fourth-round pick and you like him and you want to see that draft pick, see what it could turn into. But in reality, you know, he hasn't really like, oh, yeah, we should make him the the lead horse in that aspect. I mean, you're going to get the same reduction between him and, and Michael Carter. Like, yeah, like Ty, you know, Ty and Carter do some things different, but you're going to get the same thing for the most part. Like That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, DJ, I kind of want to switch it up and go to the other side of the ball here and talk about the defense, specifically the defensive yep. line. So uh, yep. I think the defense on the whole uh, kind of outplayed what our expectations were through the first, you know, uh, four weeks, obviously. And they've kind mm-hmm. of regressed back to the mean over the course of the last two or last three, yep. you know, two games. Obviously, part of that was CJ Mosley, but specifically when you talk about the defensive line, had an outstanding yep. performance against Tennessee and mm-hmm really couldn't sniff Matt Ryan or Matt Jones in the last two games. Is there concern there? Is it how the teams have played them since Tennessee? You know, what's kind of the outlook for the defensive line, which honestly has to be good if the defense is going to be good simply because of the inexperience in the back end. Yeah. So I think, I think, um, I think it's a combination of various things. So I think the, on a D line, I think they teams are playing them different. More quick game, you know, getting the ball out quicker and not holding the ball as long, running the ball with effectiveness, hitting them with screens, hitting them with draws, hitting them with traps, slow them down just a tad bit. Um, and, you know, past two weeks, they haven't really got teams behind the sticks. Like, they were able to against the um, the Titans. And on top of it, like, being a Dolphins fan, I know Tannehill's tendencies, and he, he has zero pocket presence. That's why, that's why, that's why they're able to beat him up for, for seven sacks. Like, yes, you know, the D-line did, did a great job in that aspect. But, like, some quarterbacks are really nimble in the pocket and they know how to get rid of the ball and they're refining their checkdowns to avoid those sacks, avoid those negative plays. Um, Tannehill just is not specializing in that. That's why, that's why they're able to rack up seven. And I think Matt Ryan is really good in the pocket. And he's able to get the ball out quickly. Matt Jones, same thing. Um, so, I think, so, when it comes to that, I think on the back end, it's been the coverage. I think it's Tennessee will help them get those sacks was the coverage was pretty good. Granted, yes, they're playing against, you know, receivers that weren't really that good, but the coverage on the back end was good to allow them to have that time. Um, so the coverage hasn't been as good lately, um, which has allowed teams to play quick game and get the ball out quicker. Um, so I think that's that's kind of what's been – again, like you can have the best passer in the world, but if the quarterback's getting the ball like that, then it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. unless you get there in point, you know, 1.8 seconds or whatever. So – um, I think that's what's kind of been the the issue with them in the past two weeks. But, you know, you're talking about two quarterbacks that want to get the ball out quick. We'll see this week with, with Burrow. 
I have to, I have to look at some numbers to see um, some, I look at some advanced stats to see like what type of style he has along with the film. But um, yeah, I think that the, the secondary has to do a better job of holding up and coverage wire, having tight coverage that's going to make the quarterback hitch a little bit. But I think last week wasn't really like, it's not really their fault. Like they were able to hit the, you know, hit them with play action, quick game screens, um, which will slow any defensive line down. Yeah, I mean, I'm terrified of Jamar. I think Jamar is going to absolutely destroy Ooh. us. I love him. Like, I liked him at LSU. Obviously, I know he sat out last year because of like, opting out. But he is – he's, like, asserting himself as, like, almost – I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say, like, top seven wide receiver right now, if not top five. He is so talented. It's he's not, shifty. It's not crazy at all. It's not crazy at all. Listen, it's it's seven – it's a six-game sample size or seven-game sample size. So, I like, I understand it's, like, a little overreaction, but, like – He's talented. And, you know, some of the guys that we think of as like the top guys are getting older. I'm not saying that they're bad. Like, I love Devontae Adams, best receiver in the NFL, but he's, you know, he's 29. And Hopkins, same thing. They're getting older. And these young guys like him, Justin Jefferson, um, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but like there's just younger guys who are going to start emerging. I even like Jalen Waddle. I know, like, obviously, yeah. you know, the Dolphins have been I like great. I, 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 like, I, I like Jalen Waddle, even though the Dolphins could have had Jamar Chase, they would have stayed at number three, but now the, their first round pick. <laughs> Belongs to the Eagles, which you know, great GMing by Chris Beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we feel your pain on that with bad GMs. So one quick question before we move, go into just uh, game picks because they're going to be really easy and fun this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know the offensive line, specifically, you know, the interior on the right side and center have been the problem, really. But I will say Connor McGovern, I think, has played a lot better. You know, I know he's had his moments where he hasn't looked good, whereas GBR has been bad all year. A lot of people on Twitter have been suggesting a potential of maybe, uh, you know, moving Connor to right guard and then putting VD in at center. What are your thoughts on the possibility of that happening? Oh, no. <laughs> Zero. The fact that GBR has at least five plays a game where he's getting drugged into a backfield and they're like, they keep trotting him out there. That lets you know everything you need to know about Dan Feeney. <laughs> so you're you guys saw Dan Feeney against. You guys saw Dan Feeney in preseason against. Could have just never faced a first team defense ever, and he was getting his butt kicked against those guys. Yeah, nah. <laughs> DJ, nah, I'm having, no, I'm having no Jake, our social guy, clip that entire reaction because that was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Listen, no I kind chance. of agree, but like people have been suggesting it. So I'm curious, you know, you you know how they think about it. And I kind of agree with you. The fact that they keep yeah. trotting GVR out there tells you all you need to know. But tells you all sometimes you, you just got to shake it up. And maybe Connor's best shooting for right guard. I don't know. <laughs> Any is terrible. <laughs> like there is like G- GVR isn't good. He's downright bad. Feeney. The only reason why Feeney's still on the team is because he got three million this year. Like, uh, Feeney got benched there in preseason for a guy that got cut because they benched him for Jimmy Murray, and Murray ended up getting cut. So I let you know everything you need to know. Like, Feeney, so you know. sad. Yeah, man. <laughs> He's like, only there because they gave him Good for Dan Feeney's agent, man. That, that's all. Good for Dan Feeney's agent. Like, he got, he got that boy paid because <laughs> the boy can't play. <laughs> yes, right DJ, now. I'm definitely getting that clip because that reaction is just, <laughs> just like, step back. You're just going, you're like, 
No, we're not entertaining this conversation at all. It's like it's like all those people say move back to into the interior. Like that's not like, happening. You, get over yourself. You, like, you you guys want Zach to get hurt again? Because Anthony <laughs> will for sure get him hurt. You feel me? You know. And I, you know, I don't want Zach to be hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like I I enjoy going to games and seeing what Zach Wilson is gonna do. You know. Yeah. That's fine. I gotta go see a game. Here we go. White's gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Game picks yeah, time. We're we're not doing keys to the game because the Jets are not winning. We don't we don't even have to say how they can win this game. It's not happening. Like we, like I'm realistic about this. Steven is DJ. You know you basically told well, me. What did they do though? What did they? I do know though? that'd be you could that'd be you fun. Could send this. You could send this as reasonable <laughs> takes. I don't care. I would just be like, wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> but like, yeah. But like, no, I mean, but like, like if they if they if they were to win, like, don't you like? Let's say Mike White go out there and throw three touchdowns. Oh my god, <laughs> they win. Like that's probably the worst, that, that's probably like now I won't say the worst case scenario, <laughs> but that would be like a bittersweet moment. Like yeah, we won. You know, just won. You know, Mike White threw three touchdowns. We beat the five and two Cincinnati Bengals. That's what a Jet fan was saying. And it's like DJ, damn. what's what's more likely to happen? Mike White goes out there and throws three touchdowns, or Greg Van Roten doesn't get blown up at all on Sunday. What's more likely? <laughs> Like yeah. three touchdowns, hundred percent. He threw one last week. All he threw was two more. Uh, I, th- I think what's more likely is Grand Road doesn't get blown up. Throw three touchdowns. That is, we asking how Mike White. But <laughs> if he does that, though, like that could start a quarterback controversy. Oh god! Oh god! Somebody, I ain't gonna say me, but somebody's gonna be out there like. How come Mike White can do this, but Zach can't? Zach's never thrown for three touchdowns in one game. I mean, it can get a little, it can get a little interesting. It can get a little interesting. I don't know about that, but oh, you don't know about that? You don't think Jeff fans w- w- wouldn't be like, well, hey, Mike White? I mean, he looked way better than if if he throws three uh, touchdowns and beats the Bengals. Oh, oh, you're underestimating. Fandom. You're <laughs> underestimating fandom. I see. I just feel like he's not wrong. I saw people in you know Dolphin reporters mentions really like capping for Jacoby Brissett against the Raiders when he threw the ball 49 times for 215 yards. And they were like, he showed toughness. He draw. He 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 brought us back into the game and he made it a game. And it was like, yo, like what are y'all talking about? He sucks. But <laughs> when a when a guy wins. When a guy wins, I'm trying to tell you, and, and they put up some, you know, interesting stats, people can lose their mind. No, it's, you know, it's true. Listen, I'll say this because you said what if it happens. I guess the one point of emphasis here is that the Jets did go to L.A. last year, beat the Rams when they literally mm-hmm. had no wins. So Exactly. Hey, I guess hey, it's possible, but, like, anything's you possible. Know. You never Any know. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. All right. Yeah, but see, this see, Sunday, see, though, probably not. <laughs> Maybe the Thursday game. I give a better Maybe chance for Indianapolis because Indianapolis has had moments where they've been terrible. Yeah, I know they're playing much better lately, but they were awful the first few weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Right, yeah, my this. Dolphins gave them a win, and then you know they've been rolling ever since. So, <laughs> all right, Stephen, what's your score prediction? <laughs> then DJ, then me. <laughs> all right, I'll say um, 31-14 Bengals. Uh, I think Mike White looks decent. Uh, falters late though. Um, Jets, you know, keep it closer than the score looks, uh, but it's not going to be, you know, that competitive that we're really looking for. But uh, yeah, 31-14 Bengals are just too hot right now. What about you, DJ? I 
you know, I, I'll give it like 27, 10. But one of the three, the three points going to come in the first quarter. I, I'm, if I bowl with All right. Bold prediction there. I like it. Gonna come in the first, that's the, you know, they're going to score on their first drive. They're going to score on their first – well, they're going to score in the first quarter. <laughs> My bad. I didn't mean to say first if drive. If the Jets first score quarter. a touchdown in the first quarter and that's all that they score, I'll be happy. We scored a first – it's been – No, you They won't. haven't – <laughs> They scored right. seven points and that's it. All right, I got to be consistent with my my gambling picks, which were coming out later this week. So I definitely think 35-10. I think that, you know, the Bengals go train on us and we go over. It's 43. I think that the Jets will have some meaningless touchdown. Maybe maybe Elijah gets another. I hope he just gets a lot of touches. We get to see Elijah do some things. But, yeah, this game is just – it's not happening. Like, honestly, I feel bad for the people like Will, the people who have to go, who have season tickets just like – I'm going because I have to, not because I want to. I know it's kind of like you, DJ. You're just like you have to. I want to go though. <laughs> I, like, I like going to the games. I like going. I get free yeah. food. I got to watch football. You know. Wait. So let me ask. Like, do you do you sit next to Connor Hughes in the box because he has his like rankings of the food? <laughs> I sit. It depends. Um, last week I sat next to Rich, but most home again I sit next to Cause. Okay. I most want to get cause cause is a very funny sit next to guys to listen to. Uh, I'm telling you, like cause out of all the people want to be, I think cause wants the Jets to be good as much as anybody else. That's why he is so snarky because like like he he wants to cover a good team yeah. more than anything. So yeah. I think that's why uh, he he's, he's more snarky and more annoying. Like, his is more annoying because it's like I swear to God, I remember it was one game. I forgot. It might have been the Patriots game. I swear to God, this man was really rubbing his head in distraught. Like, why can't they just be competent? And that, that was just the Patriots. So, like, I know it's causing a lot of shit, but, like, cause wants the Jets to be good. Yeah, you know, you know like, what's funny? You're not a fan they're, of the Jets. They're more fun to be good. They're more fun to cover when they're good. I mean, we obviously we want the Jets to be good. It's just more fun to talk about. Yeah. And I, I heard – I don't know if you heard this earlier, Stephen, but DJ actually slipped and, and almost said we – when he was talking about Zach Wilson throwing it up to Keelan Cole, he did. I heard it, man. It was the <laughs> <laughs> no, but DJ. Um, you know what's funny about Kaz? Like, I don't love the way he writes about the team, but he used to go on the fan every week. I mean, I think he still does, but he used to go on Joe and Evan a lot. And I actually liked him more when he would talk because I could see what you're saying. Like, he was always just kind of giving everyone the benefit of the doubt and was hoping that things would work out. Like, he gave he gave Gase way too big of a pass. He was like. Time you gotta give him. I'm like, what? This guy has a track record. He coached for three years. Also, we know he stinks. It wasn't like, yeah. (laughs) All right, he he for sure wants. He 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 more than anybody on the beat. In my opinion, wants the team to be good because he just wants to. He wants to cover um, a good team. I mean, me, I'm too young to to know the difference right now. So. Is yeah. Connor mad at you for exposing his Giants fandom? Because that nah, is- nah. <laughs> I I wanted to text Connor and be like, Connor, what are you doing? Like you're 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 like you should lean into it. Like how I lean into it. Like you should, should have been like, yeah, I'm a, I was a, I'm a Giants fan. Fuck it, okay, <laughs> and just let it ride. Like <laughs> like you know like like Jet fans don't really care that much. Like okay, you're a Giants fan. Like okay, you grew up in the Northeast. You grew up in in Jersey. Like. He's a Knicks fan. A fan or, 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 yeah, I mean, you're a Knicks fan, so, like, you can win those fans back. But he was just like, how, how long are you guys going to keep keep at? Keep back? He's like, yo, Connor, you can't take this, this shit that serious because then they're going to keep coming at you. You know, you got to <laughs> laugh with it, you know? And they're back. Yeah, you got to 
So, like, <laughs> you know, you can relate to something. That's why, you know, when people show me that Dolphins sports, I'm like, yeah, they suck. What else? You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. DJ, so we've, we've talked about this before. This is not football related. Where's okay. the apology for Tyler Hero? I know you hate him. What? Playing well. <laughs> Tyler Hero? He had, like, he had, like, 13 points last game. Ain't no apology. Playing well, though. He's off to a good start. Right now, right now, it's halftime. The Heat are down 51-49 to the Brooklyn Nets. And Tyler Hero has nine points. Four for 12 shooting. And you think I'm going to apologize for that because he has a flu game. He 30-something points against the Texas, which they lost. No, ain't no apology. He should have been in Houston. She should have been in Houston, and James Harden should have been in Miami, and that is that. <laughs> I just, I knew, I'm just kidding. I knew, I knew that you're like the biggest anti-Tyler Hero guy, but I'm, so I'm offended because Ble- Bleach Report did a like top twenty under twenty four guys, and they put him in front of RJ Barrett. You will take RJ Barrett over him. I just any don't day. understand. I just don't understand. I just don't like. I remember they had like when they're like a top one hundred last year. Yeah, list that they do. They had like Tyler Hero like in the in the 50s range. And I'm just like, what are you guys seeing? I'm I, at that point, I was like, okay, that, that playoff run has people kind of drunk. Like, yeah, like you know, Tyler Hero can he can get buckets, but like what else does he do? That's Nothing. it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yo, like, RJ I'll say, Barrett, I'll tell you over Tyler Hero right now. But dude, I mean, RJ literally put Jason Tatum in jail in the home opener. He literally he could not do anything against him. And he was great last night. I was at the garden last night. Dude, RJ needs gets no respect. Sorry, that's my RJ. Uh, right? yeah, but right. <laughs> DJ, you know, we love having you on. We'll definitely yes. have you on again in the offseason because I know you're a busy man. We're doing a great job. You know, I, I'm just curious, is it different? Is it like what you expected being on the beat during the season? Or like how do you like real quick, like what do you think about how it's been? I think I'm having deja vu. I might have had a dream about. Not even like I just it just hit me when like that question I don't know it just triggered something in my brain that made me think about like something like this this question or whatever not even like like before I even got on the beat but um how's that I mean it's been it's been interesting um it hasn't been that much of a I think in season isn't that hard for me content wise because there's so much so many angles you can go with you can go with like offense yeah. one day you can go offense next day you can go defense. Now they could just go off of what Robert Sala said. You can go off what Zach Wilson said. You can go off with, you know, what happened in the last game. I like guess easy content wise. I think the offseason is a little, it's, it's challenging because, um, you know, you're trying to create content out of nothing. Well, a lot of it is fluff and, and BS. You know, like we are, when I'm writing about like how Michael Carter could end up being the lead back and rush for a certain amount of yards, but actually, he's actually might be on pace for 700. But anyway, that's, 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 you see, I'm just thinking about articles that I wrote that, you know, I'm <laughs> pulling, pulling shit out of my ass. But, um, yeah, you know, the you know, offseason is, is difficult. But, I mean, it's, it's still been fun, you know. I was just in London just to, to watch football, you know. I was just in Boston. I, like, that was cool. So You have to travel, um, man. It's been, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been fun. Like, it's, it, uh, overall, it's, it's, it's been fun. Um, I'm, you know, like, it, I, mean, it's, it's, I don't have no complaints. You know, I mean, would it be better if the Jets were a, a little bit better? Like, actually, it, I don't think that matter. I think it, it'd be better if Jack Zach Wilson was hurt. I think now it's like, damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You got to write about Mike White. You got to write about Mike White. It's no disrespect to Mike White. It's just like, I know fans, cause, you know, when Jacoby Brissett was starting for the Dolphins, like, I don't give a shit about what the Dolphins had going on. Like, I don't care about Jacoby. Like, and, it, it, you know, like, they weren't cool, but like, I knew, like, 
like, you want to see your young quarterback play, you know, just see what you got there. And like watching a young quarterback, cause like there's so much mystery around it, right? It's like, okay, you know, when Zach Wilson's out there, can he turn like, you know, you'll see flash, all right, can he, let's see what he can do this game. Let's see, you know, like there's, you're going through that journey, that growth with that quarterback, just seeing how they develop. Where, you know, you know, Mike White's 26 years old. Like, you know, that is what it is, him. Like with Jacoby Brissett, like, you know, Jacoby, he is what he is, you know? So um, I think that part is slightly disappointing, but. Um, like win losses, they don't really matter to me. I just like to, I, I, I was enjoying watching Zach play, yeah. Um, because you know, you, you want to see what like that turns into, and yeah. you know, you'll have your flashes, you'll have your oof moments, and you know, we'll see. But I mean, again, I think this is a good opportunity for him to to, to reset because I mean, I mean, he's still, you know, I mean, this is this will give him time for somebody to pass him on an interception list. Um, so that he that, won't, that, he that won't break Jameis's record. That was what let's, I was worried about. Let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I forgot about that. There's, you know, there's no question that Zach Wilson, he, he's the most important player in this franchise. We all want to exactly. see him. But exactly. this does feel different, though, than, you know, 2019-2020 when we knew Adam Gase was a dead end. So we weren't even excited to watch anything. I think all Jets fans right now are just asking for whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Mike White or Joe Flacco, just be serviceable so we can see some of these young guys that are core uh, core players for the future. Just get Elijah Moore the ball, get Denzel Mims the ball, get Corey Davis the ball. Let's see Michael Carter. We still have things to root for. So we want to know there's light at the end of the tunnel. So that's, I guess that's the one positive, you know, side to this, you know, versus 2020 or 2019. We just knew Adam Gates was a dead end. And, you know, there was nothing there. We were just waiting for Even it. Even in 2019, when y'all won, like, when y'all went like seven and nine. That was fool's gold, man. That was a house of cards. We all knew it. We all knew it. I I let myself get a little too hyped up about that, but I knew it deep down inside. Adam Gase was not. Yeah. One silver lining from a real probably lost season. Elijah Fair Tucker is really good. That's one thing that no one talks about, but he is. But we can't run the ball and our offense stinks, but he does everything he's supposed to do. And he's he's a left guard, so no one's paying attention. But if you actually – Watch him, you see that he wins yeah, all good. the time. He's good. He's good. He's very so good. That's a good thing. So we have that. <laughs> but um, you guys as, that. in case you guys don't, make sure to follow DJ on Twitter at DJ Enemy. He's got great stuff coming out every week, whether it's pregame, postgame. You know, I think one thing I love is DJ always interacts with people on Twitter, no matter how ridiculous their stuff is. And yeah. <laughs> so I like that about him. Um, and he's always just going to, you know, give us a good perspective and tries to be as, you know, open-minded as possible. Um, make sure, obviously, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Turn on the Jets um, on YouTube. Uh, it's great stuff. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or Google Play. You get our show, you get Will's show, and draft season returns this week. So no better time right now than to think about the draft because the Jets are probably going to have two top ten picks in the draft. Which is another silver. Well, I don't know about probably. I don't know about probably <laughs> because I, I think once Russ gets back, I think they're gonna they're gonna rip off some wins and get that outside of the top. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, also, it's if you though. haven't join uh, the Patreon for Batlands, you know, great stuff. We got DJ binoculars, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we're doing our watch party for the Colts game in Hoboken, the Shepherd and Knucklehead, which will be a lot of fun. I know it's obviously not going to be a great product to watch on TV, but. You know, you'll get all your TOJ, Badland stuff. I'll be there. Connor, Joe, uh, Greg Armstrong, Will, and I think Dalvin will be there too. Steven, unfortunately, will not, but, you know, we give him a pass for that. And <laughs> if you guys don't know, make sure you go to TapRM, our presenting sponsor, Badlands. Just die at DJ. Use the promo code JETS50 to get $50 off your first order of $100 on really cool.